Woods at the Mark Twain. Hey, fight. do you know how cool that was, man? You know how yeah, epic that was? I loved it. I went. I was in the house. That's what made me cry. I, <laughs> I, I started in D.C. though, so with Joe Claire and Red Grant Dominic, yeah, yeah, Guitar and uh, uh, Joe, uh, man, Jay Phillips and uh, Jay. I started with them. Coco Brown. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I remember doing two Ray. I remember with two Ray. Two Ray not leaving either. Now that I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 le- he left through that. He left. He left through that movie. But as far as but two Ray, he travels. But it's like I think what it is too is it's a it's a um it's just like now you know comedy's word of mouth. So if I got a hookup, say like in L.A. somewhere. And they looking for new comics. If they ask me, you know some, some, some comedians, and I tell promoters this all the time. Do you know you got the power to discover somebody that ain't been discovered? Or you can actually say that. Don't discover the people that's in your town. We can do that our own. If we really serious about that, we gonna make we gonna make our name known at home first. Yeah. But I Number said one. Number one. Yeah. I tell motherfuckers, look here, man. You got to get these cats. That the comics know, then you gotta be a promoter and promote it. Right. If your if your if your you asking me questions, if your three thousand dollars more since you want to know all this how to promote. Man, right. if you if you got if you put this comic on and these people know your track record with all the funny dudes that are local, they gonna still trust you. Right. They gonna still trust. The only 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 problem you gonna ever have is if they gonna show up. I said that I'm gonna be the host. My pressure is being a host at Jokes and Notes. It wasn't just Jokes and Notes. I had five rooms before I got to Jokes and Notes. I know, you know? You, I know three of them by name. Right. So I really, I really. And they was all Hank. Yeah. It was all got five, 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 nine. A bunch of five, five, nine. Yeah. Got gang of, <laughs> you could get murdered if you shown the wrong person. Hey, hey. They don't think it's funny. I murdered. swear to God. Let me oh, tell you. He's funny, though. He's funny. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what happened one night in, in one of my rooms. It was some dudes from the block. My guys, right? If you wasn't funny, first off, they sitting right in front of the stage. They playing. They playing. They playing dominoes. Oh, I play dominoes. I would love that. Let you, oh, but no, but no. Listen, why you on stage now? They clap. It's so disrespectful. It's so disrespectful. So they. So they. If you. If you wasn't. If you wasn't funny. They would start a game. Now, it was a few people in there that knew. My man Jesse would bust out the dominoes. If you wasn't funny, he bust the dominoes out and put them on the table. And I'm in the back like, oh, Lord. And I'm already knowing that this comic don't got this strength. But I can't I can't save him. I got to let you go on the door because you, you beg to go up. You want to go up. Man, let me go. All right. They went up there, man. The mug wasn't funny. They... It seemed like somebody bust out four sets of dominoes. They were shuffling. Yo, that's amazing, bro. <laughs> and then, they, and look, the crazy part is they looking at the stature of the dudes. They already know you said the wrong thing. You might get whooped. So then the comic look at me. I got to look at them and be like, "It's my man, man. Let him alone, man. Hey, man, he better, he better, he better make us laugh, man. We gonna play dominoes all night." When I first met Henry Welch and Tyler Craig, uh, rest, rest in punchlines, homie, rest. I met him at 559. It was in April 98 before I moved to Atlanta in November. So I ain't really nobody. I met my father in 97. I caught a Greyhound bus with my kids to meet my dad and rekindle our relationship and say, hey, man, you got some grandsons, this third generation. I don't want to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? So right. then, um, and that was only one time, but I went straight after me. I was like, we cool, we cool. I got to go find some comedians <laughs> real quick. So I talked to him, talked to him by pager back then. And, and they said, okay, you could do Ryan Cameron's Wednesday. Yeah. Is that a, a club called 112 Tweezy? Yeah. So at 112, everybody was there. Jermaine Dupree, I mean, Every rapper from Atlanta, all like one of them spots, but it was cool though. And the second one is on Tuesday. You're not gonna have too much fun. 
The second one was hosted by Bruce Bruce. Oh, no. This is the club Bob Sumner found Bruce Bruce and like it's, it's, it's everything that the lore of it is. Henry Wells tell me, hey, I'm hosting it. They don't even like me. They only mess with Bruce Bruce and his dude named Shotty. But look, we gonna give you your money. We gonna give you your money, and we and, and you gonna get booed. It's fine. Just come off, Cali. You come cool. on, right? You cool, Cali. It's all good. But that table in the front, whatever you say, he said, look at that dude right there. He funny looking from here, Amy. Dude, I'm just saying, homie. <laughs> or do what you want to do. <laughs> I went on there. Hey, I'm Griff. I'm from Cali. You know what? Boo. Yeah, man, it's good to be in the South. That's fine. I really love the South. I ain't never. <laughs> and they and they booed me and I went off. And Henry gave me my money. And he just said, stand over here. Because after you get a voracious booing like that, you don't want to pee. You don't want to do nothing. But stay behind the cream when they locking this place up, I leave. <laughs> you don't want to go the out. People be looking dude, at you. The next dude go on, and he bombed the same way. Except he started talking about that table in the front. Oh. It is the first time in my comedy career over 25 years. In '98, I saw a comedian get stomped out like he was a blood in the crib neighborhood. Wow. In Atlanta at five by nine, and the DJ was playing beat his ass music. Like the DJ kept tear the club up, tear the club up. It was bananas. And they kept and they kept on with the show. No, and then Tyler told me, at least you was obedient. (laughs) (laughs) That's my Tyler Craig story, dog. Hey, listen. I had I had went to a room in Chicago in, in Atlanta. I went to Uptown. They tell me they want um, the one on Marietta. The, yeah, the one on Marietta. They tell me you opening up for Benji Brown. I'm saying to myself, now see, now see, I'm I'm a headliner. I'm a headliner in Chicago. Of course. So of I'm course. and I, I don't know these people, so I'm finna and I'm selling shit too. I got to get out. Man, I tear that mug up the first. Now, matter, matter of fact, this was Valentine's Day. This when, whatever when, whenever the snow came up here, it wasn't shit to me that they oh, shut it down. Yes, I was so upset because I was in my pickup truck and I'm like, "Where are the humans?" <laughs> I mean, I pull in the gas station and um and uh, Demani, you about yeah, my daughter ten. So this was ten years ago. My yeah. she her mother was pregnant with her at the time. I'm sitting up here like, man, where's the people? So I see a police officer. He see my plates. He said, oh, this ain't nothing to you, is it? I said, man, what, what, where, where's everybody at? He's like, oh, it's two inches of snow, man. They in the house. Ain't nobody coming out. I'm like, two inches? I said, do you know what two inches of snow is? That's if you get on your windshield, you blow it off, and it's not a, right, what the hell? Right. So I go, we, we, we do a night. One of the nights is popping. It's banging. It's packed in there. Probably was the next day. Man, Smokey, my man Smokey, Chris Smokey it Jones. It wasn't the next day because that was the worst day. Well, right. I don't know. Whenever it was, one day it the one day they they didn't do the show, and the next day they did. They still they still and I was amazed. Gave me the little money that they gave me, but mind you, I was featuring. So, and you know they done put thirty people up, so you got to go with the aggravation of that. And I'm like, I'm saying to myself, I'm trying. How many ain't thirty six people? <laughs> I'm finna put. I'm finna sell these DVDs, so I got to outshine. Everybody. And man, do you know, Smokey told me on Thursday night, he said Thursday night, Magic City. Now, I think K-Dub was hosting something. Yeah, matter of yeah. fact, K-Dub was hosting. So Smokey said, over there in that corner, they going to act crazy. He said, yeah, he, he said, he said, them strippers over there. And they little stripper boyfriends. So he said, watch them because they going to boot. Dude said my name. Yeah, come on this stage. Comedian, bald head, fellas. Hey, people come. All of a sudden, when the clap, I heard boom, and so I, I let, I, I'm hearing these females, but they don't know. I done already been on the sideline and peeped every last one of them out. So I'm, 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 I'm doing my thing. Got the crowd, bam, bam. When I get the crowd right here, when I'm say something else, I say, hey, hey, hey. I didn't even look over. I just said, let me tell you something. I pointed just like that. If it wasn't for singles, you would not even be noticed tonight. 
I said, if it wasn't for baby oil, you wouldn't know nothing about a smell. You are a stripper. We fuck you for nothing. You are nothing. Your fathers are ashamed of you. Your grandmother is rolling in her grave. I just went on and on. And it was turning the tables over. And I never, I never, that's when the other dude, Hank was the manager. Yeah, Hank going. told me. Yeah, I just saw him Hank told me. Yeah, he driving trucks now. Hank, Hank said the hell with all that shit. Hank told me after it was over. He said, "Dude, I've never seen nobody come in here and roast them like that on a Thursday night." He said, "And you didn't call him a bitch or nothing." I said, "Damn, I didn't call him a bitch. Damn, I missed yeah. that on my mouth." Yeah. <laughs> God, that's when the dudes try to stand up, man. Don't be calling her no bitch. Yeah. Man, I you wouldn't care. When they say that low self-esteem, you already lost them, dog. I didn't know that the strippers sat that close. Remember, NAR used to host um, Uptown. Tuesdays and Tuesdays. And mm -hmm. um, uh, um, in Buckhead. Yep. And my, like, when I first moved here from Massachusetts, I was doing shows, but... Every time I went into Uptown, it was Comic View. It was like, yo, that dude's a, you know, I'm like, Comic View, because the only person I knew I knew was like Sue. Um, I knew uh, Rudy Rush, because I used yeah. to T.P. Hearn. I used to do shows with T.P. Hearn, Cool Bubba Eyes, Memphis. Yes, I knew these cats, but none of the dudes in the South. So when I got here, he was like, yo, you would do me. When I first moved here, me and Nara kind of looked alike. So I was like, people were like, oh, no, this your cousin. I'd be like, nah. And I used to, between him and the banner, I would be like, nah, bro. I'd have to be like, <laughs> so I didn't know the strippers was up there. So, you know, I'm just doing my blah, blah, blah. And the lady was like, I was like, oh, you're really pretty. She was like, yeah. I said, what's your name? And she was like, son, candy, something like that. Like, Y'all strippers? Like, really? Like, I was like, oh, you're really What was so crazy with me, man, when, when K-Dub did it, he was like, man, we finna go to Magic City. I had never been to Magic City. Never. Never? Had never. Just not. Now, my first experience was me, my pregnant daughter mother, which she was down here. She had been down here in Atlanta for a while, and she was, she was dancing. Man, let me tell you something. We going there, me and her smoking. Now, you know me and Smokey was hanging together left and right in Chicago. So we got into a whole lot of Derriman. Man, you know, that's some old school shit, Derriman. But uh, <laughs> he laid up and um, I'm looking around in amazement. Like my daughter, mama said, I told you these chicks wasn't no joke. I said, man, the hell with these chicks. Why is they throwing all this money? In my mind, I'm thinking about four, five dudes. I know come up here, we can stick this whole place up. I said, man, I, I, I'm not thinking about, I'm looking, I said, they is sweeping money up. It, that's the first time. That's the only time, the first time I ever experienced making it rain. I was like, "What the hell is they doing with all that money?" In Chicago, in Chicago, we had we had dances, but they had a lot. Now, see, all of this making it rain stuff. I I think it came from down here or either Miami, but however the case may be, all of it came up when the stripper pole was invented. Cause see, I used to host with my man Big Daddy Woo Woo in Chicago. Big Daddy Wu was like Luke Skywalker of Chicago. May he rest in peace. That's who actually taught me how to host everything. He had me knowing that, yeah, you know, these strippers, they this, they strippers, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't no pose. We used to be in a, a regular lockdown place where a few people could come in and they would be all on the floor. They had to make up a little routine, but wasn't no pole. When they came out with that pole, man... It was it was unbelievable. I was like right. this. Hey, Jordan messed me up telling everybody he basically was there when they invented the pole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, oh. it messed me up because I didn't know like you can make that amount of money. Where end of the night they had trash bags. Yes. Around like so, y'all y'all make the 
women got to take out trash after? My brother was like, dude, that's their money. Yeah. Said, what are you talking about? He said, no, that's all the money that they accumulate. And then I didn't really know how much money really that like six figures strippers were making until I worked for the Hawk or NBA. Dude. I didn't know that the, the business was that crazy. And it solidified it for me when I did I did uh, Barbershop and uh, what's her name? Um, Nicki Minaj wouldn't do her booty scene. Like she wouldn't do none of the booty shake scenes, so they brought in. That, that was disappointing, dude. But they brought in strippers from Atlanta. These chicks was pulling up in Maseratis, Land Rovers. Like, how long this gonna take? And I'm in makeup, and I'm looking like me and Cube's uh, barber. The barber dude was like, "Yo, who are these ladies?" I was like, "Yo, I think these are strippers that's coming in." <laughs> And the, the, the why he, why he getting low with it? I think they just strap us. Yo, I, you know, man, he's so he's so pure. Go ahead, he's so pure, right? It's still he still can't get past. I was at a show. Oh Lord, oh Lord, those ladies they's getting naked up in here. <laughs> Let me tell you, let me, let me tell you something. In my life, I have been in a relationship with two strippers. I never bought nothing. They knew what I was doing. I could, you know, I hey, no, I got it, baby. I was like, I love you. I love your job. <laughs> and, I, and I never, let me tell you what some dudes will do. Some dudes will get a girl that's a dancer. And then when they get with her, they you don't have to do this. What is you doing? No, you I'm, saying, I'm, I'm dropping you. I'm dropping you off. Even I'm peeping you. I wasn't. Hey, hey, hey. I strip stripper money and bought me flyers. It and bought me a uh, radio commercial time. It, hey, look. I, and, you know, I, before I started comedy in in '95 in Washington D.C., I worked at the whitest strip club. It was only two black, it was me and a black girl, but the dude that was hiring people was hiring people straight out of the military, and I had just got there from Germany, so it was, man, I was making six, eight hundred dollars a week cash, walking uh, the thinnest white girls you ever seen in your life. Like, to the cop. <laughs> this how popular this club was, whenever somebody got trapped or something, they came to that spot. But the biggest night I saw is when the vice president, Dan Quayle, mm. came in with some man. Now, I will admit, I watched him the whole time like this. <laughs> I was watching him because I said, so the vice president is just in the strip club and ain't nobody going. So I'm watching him like, I, wanna, I know all these white girls. I want to see what his nasty is right now. He never looked up. He really talked to the dude. They drank sodas. Uh, all the doors was by Secret Service. They got up and left. They stayed there about eight songs. And they walked down the back door because the, if you know anything about D.C., the vice president White House was right next door to this, to this place. And then we got a knock on the door. We was just sitting there. Everybody was going, the vice president just came in here. Like we was tripping, right? And somebody knocked on the door and literally gave us a briefcase with bread in it. Mm. And I thought that was the ballernest thing. I that was Donald Trump. You just didn't pay attention because he wasn't man at the time. Oh, that was no, Donald I Trump. Know it was well. I was looking at him hard. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the dude you say he was talking to. The dude you say he was talking to. And that was dudes and chicks in the club. It was basically a regular club, like, but all the chicks was naked. It was bananas. It was, dudes was there with, it was bananas. And it was just naked chicks everywhere. It's called the gentleman club. So that, 
blew my whole mind. I, I like, never oh, could oh, understand why they call them gentlemen's clubs. Hey man. Everybody's like, is it like this? That was and the best. That was the best thing. When I moved out here, Travis Best, I played high school ball with Trav. Travis is my homie. George Travis said something I will never online to me. That was the truest thing I ever heard. And I and and why it was Trav. He went to Georgia Tech, so he was around here a lot, but he played here too, though. Mm -mm -mm. I'm telling you. When I came here with him, that was when the first, that was the last, second to last freak me. And I tell people all the time, if you never, if you never, the last, I went to the last freak Nick, y'all ain't gonna believe this. I was on the run for my case in Minnesota. I believe it. I was, look, look, they had, I had bonded out. Before I bonded out, them people gonna tell me, let me, I, I gotta tell you the whole funny story for it, be. So I get caught up, right? I get caught up with all these drugs and the gun. And the, the, the judge was like, see, in Chicago, they, they give you time by years. I had never been locked up nowhere. I, I, well, I've been locked up in Chicago, but I had never did no time. Time by bullets? What's time by years? No, time by years. And Minnesota give you time by months. You know, they oh. tell you. So, so instead of saying in, in Chicago, they're like, you got a year. But in, in Minnesota, they say you got 12 months. So let me tell you what happened. I'm standing in the courtroom. I'm like, man, it got me my brother. Now, my brother that's down in Minnesota, he, he's still down there to this day. What was you wearing in the courtroom, Ballhead? Oh, let me tell you what I had. When they caught me, what, I had on what they caught me in. I had on a Larry Hoover t-shirt, some khakis, and some Air Force Ones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I needed to hear it. In my mind, I already saw it. Hey, honey, I already saw it. There's no way he's dressing up. He just said, Hell no. Give me my time there and hurry up. Hey. When they told me you are facing 86 months, I heard 86 years. I said, What the fuck? You want number two ounces? Is y'all talking about? Hey, I look over at my brother. I'm thinking my brother is going to be up in Raw too, but my brother knew what I was thinking. He over there dying. Laughing. I said, nigga, this ain't funny. They tell me give me 86 years. They had to, the guards had to grab me because I was trying to go out the door. I was trying to go then. They pulled me in the back and he said, man, you got, I said, man, I ain't finna calm down, man. I'm not gonna do that. Then y'all quit. I said, man, I ain't even got no, I couldn't tell on nobody. It was only me on the case. I wasn't gonna tell on nobody. No way. It was just me. I was like, I ain't even got nobody to tell on about this bullshit. Y'all trying to, hey, look, when I tell you, the dude said, <laughs> 86 years, nigga. No, nigga, I was just 20. Hey, look, I looked at that mother, but that damn guard was. It was one. It was one guard. It was one guard. I, I, when I tell about that story about Miss, I do. But it was one guard that said, "Man, brother, listen to me." Listen to me. You wasn't listening. He said 86 months, not 86 years. I calmed down, right? And I said, how many times do 12 going to 86? Shit. Uh, what time is that? That's still like that's too much. That's too much, man. I can't do that shit, man. The fuck? My son just made three years old. What the fuck is y'all talking about? So the, 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 the judge, they had, a, I had a, hey, I bonded out. I bonded out and I was Gone. When I got out of it, I said, man, I'm not coming back in no court. My brother, like, man, they're going to hunt you down. I said, well, they're going to have to do their job, but I'm going to have some fun. I had me about $10,000. I went everywhere, and I went to the last Freaknik because I had never been before. I went to the Freaknik. Let me tell you something. There's some things that went on at that Freaknik that I never talk about, but they was amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing. And, and I think the one, the one, I, the one I went to is when they tore that mall up. They tore the mall up. Yeah. And when I when I went back, my my great grandmother is the reason why I turned myself in because I was sitting around the house for three days 
Because I only had a three-day three day thing. I was like, for they're going to try to come get me, right? Because I went back to Chicago. My grandma was like, what's the... Uh, that day that they, that they said it, I was in Chicago when I bonded out the next day. But I knew, I knew damn well they was going to try to come at me. And the first place they was going to try to come was my grandma's house. So need to be a lawyer, my grandmother, listen, let me tell you something. My great grandmother, she knew something was wrong. I won't believe him with that dyed beard, though. He's been through too much. He been through too much to look like he's 24. I ain't yeah. never said I was 24. But yeah. let me tell you, my grandmother that's, that's taught me. Skin. She that's taught me. Hey, now when you get when, skin, when you get to that, when you get when you get when you get to where time don't matter, like jail, you stop. My father, my father don't even look like he my father. He locked up again right now. <laughs> I said, I told this nigga, I said, so you're just trying to rejuvenate? Is that what you're doing? You keep rejuvenating niggas out here don't know who I old you is. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got people that ain't your daddy. I got people that, that ain't your daddy. Yeah, it is my daddy. What the fuck? But my grandmother, if it wasn't for my grandmother, I wouldn't have ever turned myself in. She said, you need to talk to a lawyer, see if they could do something. And my lawyer, what it was, they said, they'll drop the gun charge. Where'd you find him from? Was he the dope boy lawyer that everybody yeah. kept? Yeah, hell yeah. I went to I went to I went to Minnesota. I went to Minnesota. No, I went to Minnesota. And the first thing I did when I first had my first ten thousand was when I got a lawyer. And I said, I'm gonna need you. He's like, What do you do? I said, Just trust me. I'm gonna need you. Gave my FA and walked up out of there. Got me, got my receipt and got on up out of there. When when they came, my brother knew who to go who to go get, but my great grandmother, man, I still would have been on the run. Let me tell you, when I was on the run, I was smart. I wasn't driving. And I wasn't riding with nobody that wasn't legal. And you couldn't do it in Minnesota, because in Minnesota, they got a thing where they want everybody in the car ID. They was doing that way back then. Hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. You born and raised in Chicago. You were selling dope in Minneapolis. Yes, yes, a lot of them. Yes, I was selling dope. I was gang back. Look. I was the only dude down there with with finger waves in their head out there causing all type of corruption and ruckus. You the dude, you the dude from the banana bed, the big, you had the big JoJo's on me. Yeah, big one. Hard. Hey, look, Griff, he the dude that was like, I don't like that shit. Man, you the dude that was. Nah, I wasn't that motherfucker. <laughs> he met the man in Philly. Y'all <laughs> leaving out that he was in. He kept saying Minnesota. I had to. Uh, and it's close to, so he could get there quick and be out. He knew all the routes out back to hell. The yeah. Hey. How far is that drive, boy? Uh, at the time, it was like seven hours. Oh, you was just hitting and coming back, or flying? Man, I was hitting. It. Let me tell you something. I was so crazy and young. I, I didn't, I didn't. Now mind you, I didn't have no license till I was twenty nine. <laughs> you talking about for reals? Between you was you was nineteen to twenty three, huh? Mm-hmm. And you only got a license because you had to buy get an apartment. No, when I was when I no no no, I didn't even have to do that. When I was when I was nineteen, I had just beat a um, I just got out of jail for beating a murder in self defense. I was eighteen. A dude tried to stick me up on the phone on the phone booth because he knew I had some dope on me. Then I'm calling my mama like, "Mama, I ain't got my keys." And I turn around, man, lower that shit. Oh, I hey, you need to write a book. I, I am. That's what. That's why. That's what I'm. That's what I'm actually doing right now. I, I I lay down for these next five months. I'm writing my book, and it's already. It's called Felon, Father, and Friend, and it's about. It's it's three three chapters. Three chapters. So I'm I'm uh I'm a. Uh, oh, he turned around and he upped on me. He upped on me, right? He upped on me, and I um. I gave him the stuff. So he clicked the gun. I had my gun on me, but he he had he had he had the ups. So I pushed him up man and dumped on his ass. Let me tell you something, man. The police looked for me for 18? Yeah, I was 18. I just just graduated. Just graduated. I had um was on the run for two years. Never left Chicago. Went on the west side. I was on the west side with my baby mama. Uh, my my daughter Ray Ray, uh, my my old my, my my baby mom named Ray Ray, but my oldest daughter's mahogany. It's my oldest child. 
And we argued about this all the time. She was like, I don't even remember you. I was like, I used to live with y'all. I used to be in the house every day. And so she was like, well, how come you wasn't in the house? You, you, in the, you, you wasn't in the house? I, don't know. I said, because I, I wasn't on the run no motherfucker more. My, my, daughter's, my daughter's mother, my daughter's grandmother was a very big help. She told me, don't you go nowhere. Don't you do shit. You sit in this house. You welcome, whatever. And you know what I'm saying? And she hit me. She hit me because she, I told her the whole story, but when they popped me riding out south to go see my brother and them and my man get pulled over. Police didn't didn't like to sit then with two three dudes in the car. Yeah, from the west side to the south side, and they had uh they had uh they had uh asked me about my ID. I ain't got no ID. Seventy first and Stony Island ish that way. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, like seventy fifth around that way. So across the street from that mosque. But no, 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 seventy. That's the that's actually that's actually the east side. That's actually the east side. What you talking about? Uh, but I was on I was on seventy first on the other side of the damn route. But let me tell you, so when I when they popped me, I didn't have no ID. Remember I told you I had no I didn't have no lights or no ID. I never had none. Cause I knew I was on bullshit. They get me to the police station. <laughs> they fingerprint me. They ask me this name. I give my cousin name. Them prints don't come back. And they come back. He come back out the back with the oh, we been looking for you, sir. Yeah. We got your fingerprints off the phone booth. You're wanted for murder. I was like, I was like, dude died. I ain't know he died. <laughs> oh my God. Hey. Is that what you said or is that what you thought? That's what I was thought. I was like, damn, I, I said that. I said that. But anyway, what happened, the way I got away with it, man, the way I got away, the way I got away with it was something unbelievable. A lady that was old as hell came to court. As my witness, because she was it was it was right in front of a laundromat. And it was a phone booth in front of the laundromat. And what's so crazy about Chicago and everywhere? Ain't no phone booths nowhere. That phone booth is still there. Right now to this day. The 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 lady was in there folding her clothes and seeing everything that happened. And somehow or another, she found out about when this case went out. Came to court. Came to court. And that's what cleared me, man. That's what cleared me is in self-defense. How long was you actually locked up? For like three years. I was in the county for three years. No bond. None of that. No bond. I'm in that, in that banging, doing all type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Knowing niggas in there. Getting getting the, getting the jailhouse education and realize that this is not where I want to ever be. Was that the last time you went to jail? No, that was the first time. The last time I went... The last time I went, I went to prison. See, I was in the county then fighting that case. I had a I had a Grand Theft Auto case. They let that go. Oh, that's probably why I be playing Grand Theft Auto like I do. But they they let that case go. You was you was grabbing cars with if you wanted them real quick, boy. Man, hey, I wasn't gonna walk. I, remember, I said I had no license. I he wasn't gonna be walking. Hey, I, I used to, I used to pick up girls. They was like, "This is a nice guy," but like, it is, ain't it? At that time, was a Camaro or an I Rock, cause you uh, or a Regal. You can get your. I had a little skinny arm, then you get that arm and it pop. I'm in there. I'm out of there. So, Ballhead, all I hear, dog, is number one. It wasn't a coincidence that that lady was there. That lady, that was God. That was all God. The fact that you said first, old lady. That means. They, the the other lawyer, the prosecutor people could have said her vision ain't good past. Right. They're gonna want one of my they're gonna one of my brothers right there telling you the truth right there. Look what he said. Oh, like, <laughs> he said he oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's because he'd be scared. He do, yeah. he I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be. I I never got pulled over. Still right now to this day, I don't get pulled over. They don't be pulling me over. I don't do that. I drive like an old lady. Both hands. Hey man, it was a time. We, you know what, man? We've been talking about everything, but I want to ask y'all both a question one at a time. That's what makes podcasts so sweet. Yeah. People want to hear people the same way men. <laughs> Me and Hank was just like this. Just exactly how other people. 
Because I had to stop myself because I was going like this. <laughs> what were you wearing? <laughs> when, he, when he said like this and you were like, don't mess him up, Hank, I felt bad. Like, yeah, get back. Get back. <laughs> hey, take take that story, bald head, but, but stretch it out so this is when you become a creative because obviously God gave you a choice. Take that hard story and insert his white friend that he just, he sometimes he really wanted to go to school, but he just wasn't smart and he just put all that and stretch it out and stretch it out. So by the time you even 18 and they looking for you, that's season two. Do you the know? Same way we was just in love with yeah. your character. I was rooting. Do you know? Do you know? When I was, when I was in, when I was, when I was thirteen, and I was so wild. Every summer, my great grandparents did not want me to be like everybody else, so they always sent me someone. Great grandparents. Me and my mother was raised by my great grandparents. My mother worked, and that they was my those were my babysitters. But that's where that survival come from. They wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I know how to cook, clean, cook everything, sew all that. So let me tell you, my great-grandfather, they would send me somewhere every summer. And one, when I got about 18, I used to be like, man, hey, man, why y'all keep sending me away? My grandfather said, you ain't finna be no one avenue nigga. You're going you gonna to be able to sit out anywhere. So one summer, was you talking to the white friend, I was in Pueblo, Colorado, because I'm 13 now, right? We done moved in the, we done moved in the neighborhood. My mama done moved me in the neighborhood where the other gang was dominating. And I'm still in my gang. So they like, nigga, we... Somebody shot at my, somebody threw a bottle at my mother because they knew I lived there. I went on the block and shot the whole block up. So my, at look, 13. at 13, so it was some back and forth, right? And one of my cousins got, one of my cousins and a friend of mine, that me and my, him and my cousin were friends, they both got shot up. So my grandfather already knew I was getting, getting active over there. And I told him, y'all shouldn't have never moved me over there. I got to survive. Now, I'm from Inglewood, so Ben Mama stayed in Inglewood. But I go over here and get some tools with the Stones and everybody else. Well, make a long story short, my grandfather sent me to Pueblo, Colorado, when my cousin and my friend got shot up. I'm like, man, I don't want to be down here, man. But then, my, then I had another cousin. She's superstitious. So she had a dream about me getting chased. And I was like, I was always running and fighting and shooting. So you, your dream was true. What are your dreams? <laughs> Hey, look, so I guess, let me, let me tell you something. So I get to Pablo. I meet this white dude. My cousin, I'm introduced. My cousins is girls. So they had a white friend that was a little older than me. His name was Beach. They called him Beach. I don't know why they called him Beach. But let me tell you, that's the first, that's the way, that's the person that got me introduced to sex. When I get locked up later on in life, he contacted me. He a big CEO of this, that, and the other. Right now, that day, me and that man, friend, I never, between him and my brother, I never wanted, I never was hungry in jail. Never. Beach did, Beach did never write shit. He wasn't writing me no letter. He sent me one postcard and said, hey, man, I wish you was free, wish you was out here. I'm not, I'm not sending no letters, but I'm going to make sure you straight. That's your brother you talking about? No, that was my, my white friend. The, the one that you said, white, that white friend was, this person exists right now to this day. I just got through talking to him on the phone here in Miami. And they got married. He got married against some lady, but. And if you see him, it's, you see y'all together, you'd be like, well, he robbing that white guy. Nah, yeah, you know what? They would. And he's a, guess what he is, though? He's a corporate lawyer. Corporate lawyer. <clears throat> best part about your podcast is you so interesting you know what i'm saying that's what the the the, the fact that you survived all that and you still dye your beard is unbelievable <laughs> hey i'm gonna tell you why i dye my beard hey i put i put girl products in mine now because it's so fresh Look, I used it. It was real low, and I just kept this part hard, right? And you know me. But I'm like, dog, I'm beer. I can do my fingers like the white people commercial on the side. I, I, I can't. 
I can't, I try, I try, let me tell you, I tried to leave my beard the way it is. See, your beard is distinguished. You got the white and you got the gray. I look like Grady from Sap and his son when I dye my right shit. Here. Oh, it even out? No, it's, it's uneven. It, it's, it's, I'm going to put it to you like this. I was in front of the store one day, leaving out. This girl I know's daughter saw me. She said, hello, sir. How have you, get the fuck away from me. Get away from me. Not no damn sir. What's wrong with you? I know your mother. I know your mother. My wife, my wife said I can't do both. She said you can't have that gray strip in the middle of your hair and a white beard. I, I appreciate, I appreciate white. Way to balance you out though. You know what I'm saying? Cause you're like, I'm going in. I don't need to get. We got home. I was like, yeah. She was like, you're gonna keep all that hair on top. I was like, I'm supposed to cut it down. Like. She's like too much. She knows. She let, let me tell you, your wife know. Your wife know what them what them hoes like. She keeping them hoes away from you. He funny. He funny, and he is handsome. Uh uh. You're gonna do something. Huh? Oh my god. Yeah, because my mama will whoop my ass. My mama ain't no joke. So you literally graduated. Oh, yeah, you said. You I graduated, but let me let me tell you how I graduated. Tell you, let me be honest. I tell you, I graduated. I went to one of the, I think the first or the second biggest high school in Chicago, CVS. <clears throat> I also got kicked out of CVS day school, had to go to CVS night school. So I, between CVS credits and this school called Double E, that's how I graduated. And I actually, I went, I went, I went to Tennessee State for two years, but I got tired of that shit. Yeah, I went to Tennessee State. Major in school. Commercial arts. I know how to draw. Ballhead. here. I just, I just, on Wednesday I done dealing, but the a county and a state just called me, and they picking up my curriculum to speak. Uh, it started August uh, for the whole year, two semesters. I'm doing video. I'm calling people. Good. I want you to be on one of my curriculum reels. Ain't no question. I'm, I, I got you. I'm down. I want these kids to see how smart you are. But then I really want you to tell these ninth graders, 13 and 14, how you could have used your bad for good. I was talking yeah. to I was talking to kids in the neighborhood. I'm, I'm kind of like Batman. If you ever hear me talking about something, you hear me talking about Inglewood. I'm like, I'm like Batman with God to see. So I used to speak at schools, but I would only speak at schools in Inglewood. And the only reason I was doing that, it wasn't because I didn't care about no other neighborhood. I seen a lot of kids that I knew their daddies. Their daddies was either dead or locked up, one never coming home. And I was like, man, I would I would play my comic view tape. Had them play the tape first before I come out. Because your comic view is, is 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 basically clean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> then I would come out and they'd be like, so to them, I would be like, oh, oh I, I could talk. They could listen to me. He didn't been on TV on something right. that we, we know about. That's what I just told the schools, Hank. So the whole thing is this. I, uh, I can't. I got non-disclosure agreements and stuff. To sign. It's dope, though. It's dope. But basically, through the COVID, the Lord yeah. has been telling me to concentrate on my foundation. Um, I got money when they were sending out them small business loans. The government was giving out. Yeah, my comedy company didn't get no money, but my nonprofit did. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, it allows me to talk a little different because I am uh, about to be the first comedian that becomes a Nobel laureate. Uh, what the hell is a laureate? It's the it's whoever win the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, what? That's a, like a, a nomination? No, the Nobel a nomination is you, me, you, and him getting up for a Nobel Peace Prize. Right, right, right. You win it and you become a laureate. First of all, let me tell y'all who, who uh, Nobel Peace was. Nobel Peace created this trust with the Nobel Peace Prize and the other stuff in it for science and literature and everything else because he wanted you to forget that he was the man who invented dynamite. Yeah. What? I, I read that. Right. So Nobel Peace was Bill Gates in 
1790. You know what I'm saying? Like, but remember, they made dynamite for well, for the California, for the West people. It let us go through mountains. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 because you couldn't go that way. Right, so right, right. Dynamite was the biggest. Dynamite was the internet. <laughs> like, right. Mark Zuckerberg, he was everything. But it also killed so many people in wars. What it could do to a mountain, what it would do to human flesh, is not fair. So oh, yeah. Create this trust. And, and since the last year and a half, I'm like, I want to do a TED Talk and I want to win this. Uh, I want to be a laureate. My TED Talk got canceled because of COVID. But I was supposed to do that August 27th. And, and now I'm doing it in February. But I said all that to say is, um, when all I hear is your testimony, Paul Head, you're a survivor. Um, you, you, it's, I'm very interested in hearing even more meticulous detail to other stuff. I, I ain't even gonna tell you about this when I got shot. I got like five almost died stories. The COVID, the COVID, the COVID, the COVID was the last one. The COVID was the last one. And I, let me tell you something crazy, man. I didn't have so many things happen to me and make me realize that I need to change and do stuff. And it was like by everything I was changing, I thought I had already changed enough until I was laying in that bed for illness. And, and, and to me, it was like that's the weakest thing. One of my one of my comedian friends, Corey Bell, said, "She said, man, are you serious?" <laughs> and that Corey Bell been knowing me way before comedy. She was like eighteen or nineteen. She said, "No, no." She said, "This motherfucker said this motherfucker." She gonna say, "After all them niggas you done shot, all that shit you done did, and you finna die from a cold? Hell no! Get your ass out that bed." I was like, okay, <laughs> I got, I'm trying, but, but it's like, I got a daughter and I got kids and I had to tell one of my daughters, man, um, she looked at my young, young daughter and said, man, you do this, you do that. I was like, I was a different daddy then. You got to understand. And, but now my daughter, I was telling y'all about the oldest daughter. She has her child. She kind of knows and understands. I, I think that's when, when, when a lot of shit hits you in life, when you get kids, but I'm like, the kids that I got, they had to realize it was the drug kids, then it was the comedy kids. You know what I'm saying? So it was a different, it was a, I was a different dude. Huh? You was gone twice then. What you talking about? Gone. Being on the road. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You had two legit reasons, like, I'm only doing this so I can get y'all some bread and too young, you never gonna remember stuff. But at she one was, point, at yeah. one point, at one point though, Griff, I was more in love with the streets than anybody. Okay. My kids, okay. a, a, a woman, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't been in a few good relationships that was lost because of like the first time, the first time I got into a situation, a motherfucker tried to shoot me, I shot them, and I was, they didn't, that that person didn't die, so I could talk about it. But um, it was the girl I was with. The girl I was with, I was supposed to take on prom. I was like, I can't take you on prom. He's hating you. He yeah. could be watching this right I, now. I see the nigga. I see the, look, I seen the nigga one day, and he was like, man, he said, man, you shot me at the beach. I was like, you tried to shoot me, though. He was like, he was like, I did, I did, I did, I did. I tried to shoot you. And and the girl I was with. But no, we was, we was, we was older. I was like. I was like 40 something then. I was like 40 something then. I done, see, I done seen two dudes like that. Let me tell you, let me tell you this one story. I'm through telling a story. I gotta ask y'all this question. I was 16. I do. I was 16 years old, man. First time I shot a person. Now shooting at somebody is something different. It was a dude, and my brother on there, he could he could contest to it. A dude slapped the shit out of me. Grown man, grown man, super thug in the neighborhood, right? We on we on our bikes. He fly past in a little Chevette with two other dudes in the car and almost hit us. We ride our bikes to the corner. Mind you, same 
phone booth where I caught this murder on. Man, but this take is, that phone booth and bring it on stage. And that phone booth, and I look at that phone booth and I be like, you, I, I, I pulled up on Man, that phone booth. Can you buy that phone booth? I pulled up on that phone booth. I pulled up on that phone booth one time I was in Chicago and I said, you still here, huh? And I walked off from the phone booth. But I told dude, I said, man, you almost ran us over on the motherfucker bike. What's wrong with you? Now, I'm, I'm the alpha male in my crew. So it's four of them. We done got off the bikes. Dude said, man, you better go on your little ass on, boy. I said, man, you ain't gonna do shit to me, man. You better watch. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, a grown man slap is something different. It's different. Your, your mama could slap you. Your mama gonna slap you. Your mama, your mama gonna put her whole shoulder in it. But this grown man that don't know you, that think you trying to act tough, and this a yeah, super thug. Hey man, listen. When the man, when the man smacked me, I turned and looked. The smack made me look at my boys. They was back on their bikes. Them mother was on their bikes. They was like, "Hey man, come on, man. We ain't come up here for that. What the fuck, y'all made it? Me being a, being a young young chump, not knowing no difference. Shouldn't have ran up on that grown man. I go get my little hammer. I come back. I said, "Man, you put your hands on me. You the fuck." He said, "Man, what you gonna do with that little?" Ha, 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 ha. He ran. I don't give a fuck who he is. You can get tough all day. That, that, that hot shit get in you. What was he did? What kind of gun was? It was a uh, 38. 38. And the, the dude. I was 16. Listen, the two dudes in the car with him. They was, they was in a Chevette. So they. <laughs> they said. Yeah, they had to push the. They got to push the seat up. It's only two to. Dude. Dude. Dude in the back seat say, man, I told him not to be putting his hands on people, man. I told him. Because he was like, I can't. He couldn't get out that car fast. Now, he didn't know if I was going to shoot them or not. But it scared me. It scared me that I actually let my anger take me that far. I hopped on the bike. I mean, hopped on the bike, ran back down there, dumped the bike. And I jumped in the cab, went over this girl house, the girl I was talking about. Yeah. I rode, no, no. I, I know I jumped in the cab. I rode the bike to my cousin's house. And then I got in the cab. I stayed over the east side, man, for a while because my brother called me and said, man, do you know who you shot? I said, what, you, what make you think I shot somebody? He said, you the only motherfucker down there on St. Knife Paxton that's going to shoot somebody. He said, man, you done shot a motherfucker. It was basically like I had met my future self and I didn't shot this motherfucker. So now the whole neighborhood in the uproar but my brother and dude his brother was cool i go to a club fast forward i'm in a club with this girl named jackie we kicking it i see this nigga right i know who he is but he like the head of security now in there i said man i'm finna have to fight all these bouts she's like what you talking about i said man it's a dude in here that i shot she like you just shot somebody bitch you know how long ago this was i said but he might not know me. I ain't got the hair no more. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit bigger. Man, man, walked right up to me. And he said, man, it's your girl? And I'm like, yeah, I'm finna have to fight this nigga. He said, man, you know your man shot me before when we was younger, when he was younger? I said, whoa, he want to talk about it. Let's laugh and crack some jokes and we getting the hell up out of here. <laughs> man, tell you something, boy. I got, I, the stories and shit that I got in my life is what make me stronger, make me look at shit like, man, this shit ain't serious. This entertainment shit, niggas be crying about this shit. I be like, nigga, y'all ain't seen shit. Go ahead, ask this question. Go ahead, let me say this real quick. Go ahead. This is what makes, when you think about black men and our survival, this is what, this is what makes white America scared because it may be nothing to do with them directly, but our survival, our tactics are just surviving. Is more than they ever do, and the way you telling us, you know what I mean? And we, me and Griff, looking at you like, yo, we believe every minute of this, and it's like, right? And we like, yo, and it's like, credibility is there, you know what I mean? We like, yo, I got a cousin, all that's there, but that's what makes the black man the king. That's 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 in a nutshell, because and and as many times as life tried to kill you. White people know we ain't even, we can't even come at him 
one sixtieth of a fraction at him that hard. He all, so that means we got to shoot him in the face because right. he's not going to die. I, I, I and I I know one thing. My great grandmother. I think I got about fifty more years from them prayers that she was putting out. My great my great grandmother knew shit. That I had no idea she was supposed to know. I go in the house. Not, not, remember I told you she was looking at me crazy because she knew it was something that I had to go turn myself in. But way before that, she looked at me one day and told me, I heard about what you did in that submarine place on 63rd. I said, what is you talking about, Ben Mama? You done shot all them boys up in there. You was going to go to jail. Now get your ass in there. And my grandma ain't cussed that much. Get your ass in there and wash them dishes and go home. I don't even live here no more, lady. Why I got to wash these dishes? And what are you talking about? And you, and you, I, you, hell yeah, I washed them. Hell yeah, I washed them. <laughs> that, that's what we call them. Big mama. Dude. Dude. When my great-grandmother, when my great-grandmother, before she died, she had a whole, she had a whole conversation with my family because I was locked up. She told him, and my, my, I got an aunt that's a year older than me. She is the, she the go-to person to calm me down. Not my mama. My auntie is my mama. My mama like, y'all shouldn't have been messing with him. So my great-grandmother told him in the family, she say, I don't know what y'all going to do with him when I'm gone. Y'all, he done did everything for y'all. Y'all ain't sent him no money. I don't know what y'all going to do. <laughs> Go do. Because... I done calmed him down. I done told him. I done told my grandmama. I done wanted to do. She like, no, that's family. But now, I don't. You know, I don't hold no beef. I just don't mess with certain people. Yeah. That's my. That's Big my head. whole outlook on a lot of stuff. Now I don't just don't mess with you. Big head. This is eighty-two minutes, and you could have brought that up in three episodes, dude. And you ain't even. You could just talk. This is all I want to see in the episode. The episode. Where dudes slapped you, the episode where them dudes ran up on you. And I want that phone booth to be a, I shoot it. If you won't shoot it, let me produce it and help you write it. Because I see that, that damn phone booth. Yeah. Um, and you, you put I'm going to call it the phone booth. You got to put Beach in a, a couple of episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Beach right now. That's my man. I talked to him a couple of days ago, and he was like. Oh, really? But really, how I want the first one to start, I want to see your brother when he was 14. I want to see what he would, how he, before the gangs really even came to Chicago. But so you got to stretch, you got to visually go ahead. And even if you don't know how to, so this is the best part about God. You don't have to, I didn't go to college. I only wanted to be a comedian. Um, but I still know how to be around curriculum writers and people who do. People will help you, homie. People will help you. Yeah. All you got to do is have the story. They going to say, they going to cast it for you. You going to blah, blah, blah. The story <laughs> is yours. The story right. ain't going to change. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's up, Tony? Oh, the cop car story episode. See, he got one, too. He, Tony been knowing me for years. He know me for years. So that's so you just so you take you just take six of them. You take six stories like you told us, but then to set the whole thing up, you can show your daddy when he was young, because he in jail now. Show him when he was young and he had a son, which was your oldest brother, and watch your oldest brother. But then out of how hard your daddy was and how hard your brother was, it was on you. And then your great your great grandmother could be a narrative. So in some episodes, she could be like, "I remember he was because you only." I got I got I got two I got I got um like my second mother. Her name is uh, Miss Hicks off the block. Did a documentary one day, and on the documentary, that dude asked her. He was like, "Well, how was he when he was a kid?" She was like, "I can't tell you that." <laughs> she was like, she was like, she was like, he listened to me. He listened to his grandmama. He said, but I can't tell you about that. And they was like, no, you can go and tell her. I even was right there, like, yo, you can go and tell him. Cause it's 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 really not the stuff that the stuff that people know, you could talk about. 
Yeah. It's a whole nother story that'll never be, you know what I'm saying? Never get never talked be. about. The, the story that'll never be, not to incriminate yourself, just stretch that out a little bit. Yeah. And then you're not saying, and then on 74.